0: Why do we experience death when God promised life? Elijah was in the face of danger. He told Ahab that God's judgment would bring upon the land a drought. A drought that would not last a a, a few months, but a drought that would last a few years. And after delivering this message, Elijah withdrew. He went into isolation. He, he went into isolation beside a brook where he was protected by God and sustained by ravens. The ravens brought him bread. The ravens brought him meat. And he drank water from the brook until the brook dried up because of the drought. God then sent Elijah to Zarephath to a widow who was to feed him in the midst of a drought. Why? So he doesn't die. Sounds crazy, right? It's in the Bible. Elijah goes, and as he's going, he meets this widow who's gathering sticks, and he asks for some water to drink and some bread to eat. But the widow has nothing baked. She does not have much of anything at all with all this whole drought thing going on. She's just got a handful of flour and a little oil. And she told Elijah she was just going to go and and use it, that little bit, to prepare her last meal for her and her son so that they could eat it and then they could die. Elijah said, Do not fear. Go and and do as you said. Go go make this, but, but first make me some bread and then eat of it yourselves. For the Lord God says, that the jar of flour and the jug of oil will not run out until it rains again. She believed him. And and so she went and and did what he said. And that jar of oil and, and the flour did not run out according to the word of the Lord. Day after day, week after week, God provided for the widow and her son and Elijah. And then one day tragedy strikes. The son becomes ill, so ill that there was no breath left in him. Her son died. And she's angry. She's angry. She's she's hurt. In, in, the, in the face of all the starvation in her land. When, when she took in this man of God, when she took in Elijah and helped him, now what does she have? She has a son who is dead. Elijah's presence, this man of the Lord's presence, did not keep her son, her only provider in her mind, alive. And so... When her son died, she assumes that God has brought this judgment upon her because of her guilt. She questioned Elijah, what do you have against me? What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come here to remind me of my sin and kill my son? These questions make sense coming from someone whose heart they indicate despair over the promise that their lives would be sustained. Yet even though God said that their lives would be sustained, even though he said he would provide for them, death still happened. Death happened, not life. In Acts chapter 20, Luke tells us that it's a Sunday. It's the first day of the week. The people have gathered together to to worship this guy named Jesus. Not only were they gathering to worship, not only were they gathering for fellowship, they were gathering to break bread together. That's eat together, yes, but that's also to, to share in the Lord's Supper together. They were there to be encouraged, to stay strong in the faith. So many followers of, of Jesus had gathered together to come and hear Paul talk because Paul was leaving. It was time for him to move on, but he wanted to talk with them, and so he stayed. He kept talking. He kept teaching. He kept equipping. He kept encouraging until day turned into night. And just like us, when, when, when day turns into night, it gets dark outside, so you got to turn on the lamps, Right? So lamps were lit, but but these aren't lamps like like we have where we can pull a little cord or or we can flip a a switch. These were candles that were stuck in lanterns. Now, now candles and, and lanterns create some warmth. Add in the fact that many people were gathered together in this place, in this room, to listen to Paul. The room was becoming warm. And when you get warm, what what do you sometimes do? You get a little bit drowsy, right? So that's where this young man, Eutychus, comes in. Eutychus, this this young man who loved Jesus and wanted to know more about this Jesus, who was there worshiping, he was sitting on the window while Paul was teaching. And, And while he was sitting on that window, three stories up, he became tired. Super tired, actually, because Luke tells us that he was so tired that he fell into this deep sleep. This deep sleep came over him while Paul talked, and what happened? He fell out and he hit the ground and he died. Eutychus was taken up dead. That's in the Bible. Once again, death happened, not life. Over and over and over again, what do we see? We see death happened. We see it happen in the Bible. We see it happen in the world. We see it happen in the nation. And yes, we see it in our lives. No matter where we look, Death happens. And whether death comes from a severe illness or in a a sudden accident, it hurts. It makes one cry out. It makes one question. It, it, It hurts. It makes us angry because it's not supposed to be this way. God said so. Death was not supposed to be part of the plan. This past Friday night, I sat with my brothers and sisters in Christ at Servant of the Shepherd Church here in River Falls as we grieved the loss of our friend Steve. Now, those of you who worshiped with us this past Lenten season may know Steve as the bailiff doing each of our six weeks of the play. This past week, his life suddenly came to an end. And while I sat there in a pew, much like you guys are right now, and, and listen, this grief washed over me. Exhausted, hurt, and broken, it hit me again, like it so often does, that death stinks. And it's not supposed to be this way. Yet death happens. And it hurts. We, we cry. We wail. We question. We get angry. We seek answers. We know death comes to all. We know death comes to all because of sin. And the pain that it leaves is real. So while the tears began to well up in my eyes over the loss of Steve and the memory of, of, of losing my mom so suddenly many years ago, Pastor Brody said that despite it all, we still have joy. We still have hope. You see, it was what I needed to hear. As a pastor, you may not know this. But as a a pastor, you don't always hear what you need to hear because you're preaching, because you're teaching, because you're encouraging, because you're sharing the truth with others. But what Pastor Brody said is so true. Joy is what we have. Hope is what we have because death does not win. Friends, death does not win. In God, in Jesus, it is life all the time over death. Let me say that again because it's so important. In God, in Jesus, in Christ, it is always life over death. Death does not have the final say when it comes to God. Death does not have the final say when it comes to his word. Death does not have the final say when it comes to his power. Death does not have the final say when it comes to his son. Death does not win. Life does. If you look at, again at the book of Acts, chapter 20, I want you to look at verse 10. If you've got your Bible with you or your phone app, if you want to look. Acts 20. Verse 10 says this Paul went down and bent over him, and taking him in his arms, said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. Eutychus fell, and Paul went down right away. He bent over Eutychus, which, by the way, Eutychus' name means fortunate. picked him up in his arms and said don't be alarmed don't be afraid for his life is in him but but how can one not be alarmed The, the, the kid just fell three stories death has happened and yet Paul takes him in his arms and he says Eutychus life is there it's there what does Paul do? He goes right back upstairs, he eats some food, and then he continues to teach. And the next day, he moves on. And you know what? Eutychus is what? He's fine. He's just fine. He is alive. He who was dead is now alive. And they were comforted. But it says not just a little comforted. <laughs> they were ecstatically comforted because he who was dead was now alive no longer mourning no more tears of sadness but joy and hope for life defeated death now if you go back to first kings chapter 17 again that's where we find elijah and this widow In 1 Kings 17, 18 there, the widow asked Elijah, what do you have against me? The pain, the hurt, the hope, all those things because of what happened. But look at Elijah's response there in verse 19 and following. 1 Kings 17, picking up verse 19, it says this. And he said to her, give me your son, And he took him from her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. He took him up in his own arms, he laid him on the bed where he was staying in this widow's house, and he cried. He cried out to God. He mourned with her, and he asked God, why? Why this struggle? Why, God? And so he stretched himself out three times. Notice the number. Three times crying out to God. Let this child live, God. Let this child live, God. And God did what only God can do. He brought this child from death to life. I just brought the kid down, gave him back to his mother. Not dead, alive. Think about the mother. The emotions she has experienced. The waves of grief, the anger, the tears. She's already lost her husband. And now this. But God, in his power, in his love, demonstrates that he has so much power over death. And the widow believed this. She said to Elijah, I know that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. She believed. She believed in God. She believed in the one true God who takes death and brings Friends, these are just two of about eight or nine examples in the Bible where the power and love of God is shown, where we see that death does not win. If you're going to leave here with one thing in your head today, it's that fact. Death does not win. And and so we have this opportunity to believe God's word like the widow. We have this opportunity to rejoice like those who are mourned, that are, are, are more than just a little bit comforted by Eutychus' life being brought back. We believe and celebrate the truth that is spoken here today. We can believe the words that God speaks, and we need to believe the words of Jesus. Friends, he said this to you. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Death does not when? It doesn't. For Jesus has defeated death and won for all who believe. Life. Eternal. Scourged. Beaten so badly it would have brought death to most. Nailed to a tree and murdered for you? For me. The last breath was taken. The whole world was shaken as God, as Jesus, breathed his last and died. Death. It was. As his side was pierced it out came blood and water. It's a scientific fact. Still. I haven't heard anybody challenge that one yet. This lifeless body taken down, put into two. Tears and fear, anger and hurt. Those who loved Jesus wondered. They mourned over what was going to happen now. For they didn't know what we know. They didn't know that God was actively working the greatest miracle of all time. For three days after he was dead, God raised himself up. Jesus was not dead. No, Jesus was alive. He was well. For Jesus had defeated sin, he had defeated the devil, and he had defeated death. In Jesus, death does not win. Belief in Jesus means life over death. As I left that funeral on Friday for Steve, I was reminded once again of the hope, the certainty that I have in Jesus, that even though death will always come, even though death will always sting here on this earth, faith in Jesus means life over death. What assurance we who believe have. That we shall live even though we die. What great comfort that brings us. But what about those who don't know? What about those who don't believe? What about them? Jesus died for them, Jesus forgave them, Jesus defeated death for them. What about them? How will they know if they've never heard? How will they believe if they've never been told? You see, friends, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you know. By the power of that same Holy Spirit, you can tell. By the power of that same Holy Spirit, you can daily know, grow, show, and share with others the joy that comes in the assurance of Jesus' words. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Amen. Amen. And amen.